Hey, this is Eddie Olchek. You're listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mac, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 127 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Doing well, man. Can't complain, you know. Uh, we had a hot-ass weekend. I know we have to start with the weather again because we're, <laughs> we're old men now, and this is what we do is, is talk about the weather and race to Home Depot at 6 a.m., but it was balmy here uh in the dmv like 97 on set like saturday and sunday just absolute scorcher yeah i was seeing that i was still on my way back from uh, north carolina unfortunately you know had beautiful weather down there it's kind of crazy our last recording was when i like almost first got down there so we got a full week under our belt uh got even a whole series under our belt during that time span we'll talk about that in a little bit um but yeah i heard it was a scorcher back here glad i got to miss that a little bit uh mac up in Wisconsin. How are we doing, buddy? You got a scorcher up there? Not a scorcher, but uh did just move across town. So if you're watching on YouTube, got the new setup. I'm not fully set up yet, but for the most part, we're good to go. feels good to be in a uh, new crib. And um, yeah, I'm excited for a fun summer. I've been walking distance of the beach at uh, Lake Michigan. So that's pretty awesome. Prime real- there you go. I'll Prime drink real to estate. That. Yeah, drink to a new place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we got all the boys rolling. We got a ton to talk about. We've got about three or four games with every series under our belt already, so we're going to dive right into it. But before we do, just want to let you guys know, uh, Nick and I joined Rick Rowley's podcast, our good friend Rick, who's come on the show a couple times. His show is called The Beauty Sauce. Uh, he has it posted all over his social media platforms. We have it tweeted out. We've Instagram stored it. Go check out his show. We were on there, joined him to talk some caps and pens um potential rebuilds futures talked a little bit of leafs and all of that uh max sorry you couldn't join us that night scheduling conflicts but rick said you're coming on next time sounds good yeah i, I thought that was funny what uh what he said was the reason that i couldn't come on the show yeah. earlier that was uh yeah that was in typical rick fashion if yeah. you don't know what we're talking about that's your that's your cue to go listen but uh go check that out and also just a reminder especially as the weather is getting warmer this episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, Brackish Life is perfect for you. They've got a wide selection of gear from UV performance shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. I must say, everybody, after a week at the beach, Definitely with some uh, some burns still peeling here on the forearms. Ooh, hairy jerky. Yeah, <laughs> haven't heard that one before. Um, not teriyaki flavored at this rate, if we're being honest. Nice. Um, you got to go check out the UV performance shirts. Great way to block the sun from getting you all, you know, extra toasty when nobody wants that. You don't want to be peeling. You don't want to be laying in bed. Go check out the performance shirts. I can't suggest them enough. Lightweight protection. It's the whole nine yards looks great. The hats are also phenomenal. If you're going to be out on the surf fishing, out on the lake fishing, gear up for the summer with Brackish Life today. Again, www.brackish.life. Great small business on the Eastern Shore of Maryland. Proud to support. Thank you for sponsoring us. Um, okay, let's dive into the playoff news because we got a lot to unpack. So let's start with our favorite city in America, New York. We've got the Rangers. For- <laughs> Nick's like, nope. We've got the Rangers versus the Hurricanes. Um, I think our last episode was previews. We've had a lot go down since then. Carolina's up in the series two to one. Um, we've gotten three games that have happened so far. Game four is happening as we are recording this episode right now. It is two nothing Rangers in the first period of game four. About two minutes that's left. And uh, Tony D and Ryan Reeves are all over each other, man. They are barking at each other after every whistle. This is uh, (laughs) good content, good hockey. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's shaping up for a phenomenal game five if this stays. But, um, yeah, so the under 
has hit in every game so far this series up until game three. Let's see how game four plays out. But um, I think that's worth mentioning since we are a betting podcast here. Uh, game one, Carolina wins 2-1 in OT. Looked like, you know, the Rangers kind of had that um, dialed in. And then Ajo ties it late in the third to fourth OT. And Ian Cole ends it off a real innocent snapshot from the point to win the game. What were your guys' thoughts? That was the one where Igor kind of threw his stick on it, right? He was like, he, he was, was pissed. pissed. I think at the, was it Lindgren in front of him? I think he was pissed like at Lindgren, or, yeah. Yeah, I think he screened him by accident, but a real innocent shot to ice the game. That screened was a, him, and it might have even, did it go off him or something like that? Or I don't know. I, I can't way. remember. That was like, re- that was almost a week ago. I know yeah. I got to get the cobwebs out, but. Um, Carolina takes the one nothing lead. They win at home again. Game two, similar story. Carolina wins two nothing again. Sebastian Ajo with another goal, and Brendan Smith, the ex Ranger, gets on the board as well. He gets a tally for Carolina, and just a prototypical Rod Brindamore defensive dynamo coach game for the Canes. They have not lost at home yet this postseason. They also have not won on the road yet this postseason. So. Um, two things to keep an eye on, especially so if this weird. game holds. Yeah, so it is. Weird. It is weird. It's just it's not even that they can't win on the road. It's like they really are not close at all on the road. No, I th- I was watching ESPN right before we hopped on. Sorry to hear that about me. Um, they let up like four point five goals against in the playoffs so far when they're on the road. And when they're at home, it's like they've let in less than two. So it's just a huge difference. I, I really Didn't think it would play that big of a role, um, but clearly I'm wrong on that. And then game three, the series goes back to Madison Square Garden and New York gets a win under their belt. Igor stood on his freaking head. I'll give him that. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, we'll get into this in a second, but the content king he is, him and Gallant were absolutely spewing at each other after the game. Uh, Max Domi and Ryan Lindgren play a little WWE SmackDown and Gallant had a hell of a press conference. We'll talk about that in a second. And although the Canes do not have a win on the road yet in the playoffs, as we just mentioned, that was easily their best road game, in my opinion, from what I've watched of them so far. I think Igor just did Igor things, and the Rangers finally got one under their belt. So I'm saying all this. That's a quick three-game recap. We know game four, Rangers are up to nothing. What are your guys' thoughts overall on the series so far? I think at Carolina, you, you look at a, a plus 15 goal differential when you're at home in the playoffs, and you're looking at a minus 12 when you're on the road. And that right there is that's all you need to know about this team. I was very impressed with Igor in game three. Uh, just overall, I was much more impressed with that Rangers team in game three. I don't know what this team can do long term, just because I think that we're starting to see that there are clearly some flaws here. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a better showing that, than I've seen from them recently. So the home and away thing is weird to me because, to me, like in the NHL, it's such a high level. Road games and home games shouldn't make that much of a difference to these guys, right? Like it's just another game at the end of the day. But when I think about it a little more in depth, something that comes to mind is that in the first round they played Boston, played at TD Garden, one of the hardest places to play, especially in the playoffs, super loud, tough atmosphere. And then the second round, they're playing at MSG. So perhaps it's not so much about like them not being able to focus on the road. And maybe it has more to do with like where they're actually playing. It's a hard thing to do to go into MSG or TD Garden and get a win in the playoffs. So that's a valid point. I mean, if I had to play in front of an insane asylum anyways, it would, you know, probably have the same reaction. So the gardens are not easy places to go to. That's for absolutely not. So obviously we talk about D'Angelo and Gallant after game three, jawing at each other. Um, It went on for a good bit. The press conference, not going to insert the audio, but basically summarize it. Gallant says, if they want to play that way, we got guys who can do that. And all hell breaks loose in game four. From what I'm understanding, I haven't seen any of the clips yet, but Ryan Reeves and D'Angelo are all over each other in the first period. Uh, So it looks like New York is ready to play bully ball. I'm, I'm all for it. Like, let's get a 2-2 series and let's get a best of three. Let's take the thing to Carolina in game five. The Rangers don't quit, man. I got to give them credit. They really don't quit. I hate that no quit in New York bullshit. It drives me absolute bananas, but it's true. They, they really don't. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there was um, Truba had a massive hit that led to a fight like 10 minutes ago or so uh, here. So physicality, right? Yeah, physicality is definitely picking up. So um, doesn't seem like either team is backing down. I think both of these teams just have a bunch of young guys that are like, let's just go out there and, and throw it. Why not? What's your guys' pick right now, knowing like where the series is at? If you had to like re like change your pick to whatever you wanted right now, what would you say? I'm still going to go Carolina. Now, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. I mean, at this rate, I would say it's probably reminiscing the Bruins series almost to a T. They win every home game. They lose every road game. If that trend stays, I'm going to take Carolina in seven. I still have Carolina going to the cup. Um, I'm going to stand by that. It's tough, though, man. I mean, I th- really what does it for me with New York and I know other news outlets and podcasts have said this, but our good friend, Mark, fellow friend of the program, who's come onto the show twice, he's texted me throughout the entire series. Panarin just doesn't look right. There's something going on with him. I don't know if he's hurt. I know everybody's kind of hurt at this time of year, but um, I don't know. For me, it's just the way Panarin's playing. I don't really see it. Nick, what do you think about the rest of the series? I think you make a great point there. I just, at this point, I feel like it's going to be whoever has home ice advantage last is going to win the series. So I'll change my pick from Carolina and six to Carolina and seven. Something about this series feels, I, I will agree. It seems kind of like the Boston one where, you know, the home team wins every game, but I, I don't know. I got a funny feeling that the Rangers are going to win this one in seven in a similar way that they did against the Penguins, where it's just like they were down two to nothing. I know it was different in the Penguins. They were down three, one, but in this series, it, same thing. It seemed like they were kind of out of the series. They're down two nothing. And then look out before you know it, it's going to be two, two. And uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think, I think the Rangers take it in seven. You mean like um like a, an analogy for this would be the 2011 Cup final? Like going out of that game six, everyone and their mother going into that game seven was saying Vancouver's winning this thing at home. It's over. It's done. And then the Bruins come out with like a four nothing garbage road win. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it's going to be something like that where the home team continues to win every game until we get game seven in Carolina and somehow the Rangers just like beat beat the Canes. Kind of ready for New York to play a starting goalie for once because I'm seeing a trend here. Uh, you know, you get to dodge Jari until game seven. Anderson's been out. And then, you know, they get the benefit of playing Ranta. And Ranta's looked good, so I'm not dogging him. But, I mean, if they do win this series and they got to take on the Russian bear, I mean, it's just a whole different ball of wax. And we're going to talk a, about that. A Rangers-Bolts Eastern Conference final would be Pretty sweet. I think that would be very electric. Would be more exciting than Kane's bolts. I will admit that. Agree. I will say I don't want any of those three teams <laughs> anywhere near hoisting the cup. So Western yeah. Conference, please do some shit. <laughs> I do want to give a shout out. I think um, I think Lafreniere has honestly proven that he can live up to the hype that Definitely. was given to him. You know, of being first overall, he's still got a long ways to go in terms of getting that offensive growth there, but. I think he's been the Rangers' most consistent player this series, to be honest with you. And then my last thought with Carolina, a guy who dominated round one but has gone kind of quiet in round two is Seth Jarvis. I know he's just a rookie, but he played a huge role in them beating the Bruins, and I haven't really seen too much out of him so far in this series. So He also played a huge role for that team all season and was a big part of just their offensive success all season. So, yeah, I'm sure that's definitely one of the reasons why they continue to struggle on the road. Any final thoughts before we move on to a different series, gentlemen? I will say that like this series is great. And if the Rangers can pull this one off tonight, I think we're in for a real doozy of these last three games. I will say I would be lying if I said I didn't wish I could flip flop the time slot for this one in Battle of Alberta. I know just yeah. selfishly for myself. So, but the, the West games are so hard to stay up for, man. Well, like you wish that you could, you didn't have to stay up late to watch battle. Yeah. Over. Like put yeah. that one on first. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, it was biz or it was somebody from chicklets. If I'm not mistaken, that made a point about um, when was, was it Saturday that there was only the one game. It was like Colorado and St. Louis or something. Yeah. And they were like, why the fuck would you not put the battle of Alberta at like, like 2 PM on Saturday instead of like, 
10 p.m. Eastern on Friday or whatever when nobody can watch. It, I, I'm not really sure. Like, yeah, they did um, Friday night and uh, Sunday at like 8 p.m. I'm like, really? You couldn't have done mm-hmm. five? Yeah. Or like, yeah, I don't know. Move it. If there's going to be three games in one day, just flip flop one, whatever. I'm not in charge. We'll so. touch on that in a little bit. But did you guys hear the reason why there was only one game on that day? No. Mm-mm. Tampa had to do a back to back in games three and four because there was like a Kane Brown concert in Tampa on one of those nights. And that's why there was a back-to-back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's funny because I was like, when I saw that there was a back-to-back, I was like, what the fuck? Like that should never happen in the playoffs. And then I realized for a second, I was like, this is the series that the Capitals would have been playing in if they beat the Panthers. <laughs> so of course there'd be some shit going on at the away barn where like we would have had to play a back to back. Oh my God. Tampa oh. would have found a way to beat the caps in three games. Like they would have beaten them <laughs> so bad in one of the games that it counted for two. Oh my God. For Kane Brown. I'm sorry. Not, not worth it. Just not a, not a big fan. I mean, if you're talking like, you know, a list celebrity, I would maybe understand it, but I two hockey it. names, Kane Brown. Yeah. True. Let's keep it in the East. Um, I know we're going out of order in the notes here that we have, but let's keep it in the East real quick and we'll wrap up the show later in the West. Uh, We already have our first full series done. I think when we were recording last week, this game just got underway in game one and now it's over. Uh, The Tampa Bay Lightning have swept the Florida Panthers in a complete shell shock. I look like an absolute idiot. I chose the Panthers in seven. I think Mac actually got closest. He had bolts in five, I think. You did. Um, so, Matt, kudos to you. You called the Panthers frauds. And I am. wanted to pick the sweep. The only reason I didn't was because point was out, but it, it apparently didn't matter. I said all along the Panthers are a bad hockey team. They're a terrible hockey team, actually. They're one of the worst deals we've ever had. Um, and, you know, there's not much to it. They just stink. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> to, to recap the series a little bit, uh, I'll start off with this. I think Corey Perry might be the best bargain in the NHL, a million dollar contract. And he's leading his team in playoff goals so far this postseason. I think a lot of GMs are, you know, kind of kicking themselves over not signing this guy. And I also tweeted out and we don't have to get into this too much, but it does make you wonder if Getzlav could have gone to a contender, what could he have done on, you know, uh, an avalanche or, you know, like a Calgary or a Toronto or anyone who has, high-flying offensive power. You look at what Perry's doing, I think Getsy probably still has some juice. It is funny, speaking of Toronto, that uh, all the Leafs fans are just saying how badly they would have beaten the piss out of the <laughs> Panthers if they just could have won that game seven. It really does kind of make Toronto look a little better. I will say that, um, if that helps heal the wounds at all. But, yeah, uh, they didn't have Braden Point throughout the whole series. Game one, Bolts win 4-1. The Panthers just – didn't look ready. Uh, typical Kucherov game. He goes off. Perry leads the way for the Bolts and Vassy stops 33 of 34. Game two. This is where I really think the series kind of got lost for the Panthers. Uh, you got a 1-1 game real late in the third period with like under three or two seconds left in the game. Kucherov is behind Bobrovsky, uh, behind the net, and Mackenzie Weger makes a dumb shit play to go charge at Kucherov. Dude, he's made some doozies this postseason. He, he was ser- he was probably in the first round the worst player in the NHL playoffs, in the entire first round of the playoffs. He was so bad. The Caps like just made him look like a fucking idiot, and the Bolts did more of the same. Yeah, and Kuch dishes out a nice backhand pass to Ross Colton right in front with like two seconds left in the entire game, and he ices the game bar down on Bobrovsky to win the game for the Panthers. They, or I'm sorry, to win the game for the Lightning. They steal both games in Sunrise and take the series back to Tampa. You know what's funniest about that to me is like, okay, if you lose a game in overtime, it's like a dagger. It hurts a lot. You're like, holy shit, one goal, and now it's just over. If you, if you let in a goal with like two or three seconds left in regulation like that, it's basically the same, right? Because the game is worse. over. But guess what? You still have to go line up for another face-off. And there's just something so, like, yeah, fucked about that. Like, they know it's over. There's only, like, two seconds on the clock. There's nothing they can do. It's physically have not to, enough time. But they have to go to center ice and, like, just stand there for a few more minutes. Yeah. I would argue it's worse from a fan's perspective, too, because at least in overtime, like, 
you've got your asshole puckered the whole time. You're like, okay, I'm ready. When that happens to you, like in the last five seconds of regulation, and you're just like, oh, we're taking this to OT. Like, I'm I'm just gonna have to sweat through it. And then your heart just actually gets snatched out of your fucking chest. It sucks. There's no worse feeling than that, um, for sure. And then the when series, it goes your way, though. Oh, it's great, but it doesn't. So shout out Joel Ward. Yeah, very true. Uh, and then the series goes back to Tampa for game three. The Bolts put on an absolute clinic, win the game 5-1. Kucherov with four points, a goal and three assists. Stamkos with two goals and our vintage Stamkos 1T from the left faceoff circle to ice the game. You know, it just was typical. I mean, once the Cats went down 3-0, you just knew. You talk about like guys like Panarin or Jarvis, maybe not like being as effective. This guy, similar to what we were saying about quick, it's like he's going back in time. He's feeling it right now. He's shooting everything that comes at him. Looks good too. Stan Reeman? Yeah. He had a great season too. I would argue that, you know, maybe other than his 60 goal season, this might be his career year. Yeah, they were saying that it was easily like one of his top three best seasons at what is he like 34, 35 years old now or something like that? He's only... I think he's like 32. Oh, okay. He's I don't like know 30. why I thought he was closer in age to Ovi and said he's that 08. He was 08, I think. Okay. He's that 08 draft. So he's like 32. Yeah. Um, and you got, I'm happy for him, honestly. I mean, with how many injuries the guy's gone through, he even still catches some shit with like uh back to back cups, but like he kind of didn't play in one of them and all that stuff. I'm just happy to see him doing good stuff. He seems like a good dude um, on and off the ice. So happy for him. And then game four, uh, all three of us absolutely hammered the bolts. We knew that was going to happen. It's pretty rare that you get all of us on the same bandwagon for one pick, but I don't think there was any doubt there. Uh, Tampa wins the game 2-0. They had two goals called back, but they didn't let that stop them. Uh, playoff Pat, Pat Maroon scores. The game. And even that goal, I thought when I initially saw it, I was like, yeah. eh, I was like, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, seriously, but it was just barely under the crossbar, right? I know. I was scared of that, too. He he gives the Bolts a one nothing lead, and then Palat scores an empty netter. After uh, taking the penalty to put him yeah. down a man with, like, two and change to go. So that's got to feel good. So a couple last notes before I uh, toss off to the fellas for uh, recap series thoughts. Uh, game four, Florida badly outshot Tampa. I think the shots were, like, 25-6 to six midway through the second, but in typical Vasilevsky fashion – if it's a game, if it's a clinching game in a series, there's no better goalie arguably in history than he is. Um, yeah, he had so Vasilevsky has shutouts in six of his last seven elimination games. In his past seven series clinching games, he has allowed one goal. One goal in his last seven series clinching games. That's insane. He allowed three goals all series to the Panthers, who scored the most goals in his season with 337 of them since 1996. And he had a 49-save shutout in game, four, in game four. There were also reports going around that Florida, some of the team uh, or some of the roster members, were out at a strip club in Tampa until like 3 a.m. the night before game four after losing game three the day before. I don't know naughty, how that works. Naughty, no, no. <laughs> Funny if true. However, I did you hear what Andrew Burnett said about it? The oh, of course he's going to. Yeah. He was like, I think you should check your sources because I know where all they were and they were not out or some shit like that. There were people I'd like the Tampa Bay Times who were like, no, dude, like, you had like three players that were out. I just until like hope it was like three people that looked like us were like telling like the, the strippers or the bartenders something like, yeah, we play for the Panthers. Just had to <laughs> blow off some steam after the, the oh my L God. we just took. The second I saw that, I was like, hammer the bolts. Like that's a, that's a wild story. If true, you have a game at 1 PM on a set on what, like a Sunday or, or whatever. And then the next day you have a 7 PM and you're out partying the night in between it's like that's just wild to me I, I, you know whatever not my problem i'll give them a pass if it turns <laughs> out like for some weird reason that like this strip club has like the best wings ever or something then the it's good in my, yeah exactly like a great buffet or something like well, you gotta think about it too like where the panthers play from what i've heard it's sort of like off in like a weird part of florida like hard to get yeah. to it's where off the Tam highway where tampa plays it's like the fun part of florida so it's like they get a free hotel in like the fun part of the state that they live in 
for like two nights and they're probably just like yeah we already know we lost this fucking series let's go <laughs> that's what dude like i'm kind of on that train they went down 3-0 they're like fuck it like you know it's over you right? could just see the panic in that team too you had guys changing their tape you had guys like freaking out you could tell they were just gripping their sticks too tight in more ways than one maybe but like you know um yeah yeah i i think they just hit the panic button and i think you know Going off of that, it also shows the difference between a back-to-back cup-winning coach and a rookie coach. Did you yeah. see the? Uh, that's a great point. Did you see the um, the tweet that was like a picture of Claude Giroux and it just said he just wants one, and it was right <laughs> after like it was right after they beat the Caps, and it was like he just wants one. Obviously talking about a cup, right? Yeah, but pe- stupid people commercial. were memeing it so hard. Caps boy Bebop retweeted it and said this is referring to one series win <laughs> he just wants one oh series. well he's good he got what he asked for yeah right? he just wanted one that was or it. he just wants one win in the tampa series either right. one or he but just I, wants one goal in every game against <laughs> tampa bay lightning i think like it was a great move for the panthers to get Giroux to come in and like i don't know maybe he was let's say for shits and gigs he like moves in with huberdell right you know they're probably buddies they've probably known each other for a while now played against each other for a while he moves in you know bring some of his stuff maybe some of his boxes things are going well they end the season you know they're in the playoffs now maybe he starts to unpack a little bit maybe he took an object out of one of those boxes and for some reason it just befuddled and confused the florida panthers i'm just saying it could happen I was wondering where you were going with that, <laughs> and I figured out. If there's new it. listeners, do you want to explain that joke? Because I think we do have some. It's a it, like, of course, like it's a just terrible inside joke for us, like a running gag that goes back to what, like almost like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, we made a joke that the Philadelphia Flyers and their fan base were governed by the orb of confusion that Claude Giroux was good. Well, because we had people like commenting on our stuff about like Claude Giroux is definitely like in like a Hall of Famer and all this. Yeah. Stuff. And we were like, what are like Flyers fans smoking that they think Claude right. Giroux is like actually good? And I think it was Nick that was like, I think they're just they've spent too much time gazing into the orb of confusion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will give Drew Fuck. credit, and this isn't even giving him credit. It's more just ripping Barkov and Huberto. He looked better than those two in that yeah. series. I mean, I Nick, you said it. Huberto's switching from white tape to black tape, like every other shift. You could change in sticks too, if Changing my memory sticks. serves correct. But yeah, he just he was really that guy that looked like he was way too jacked up. Was like just got rattled a little bit and I think just kind of like freaked out. I've seen that happen to like McKinnon before in like past postseason where, where you're just trying to do too much and you end up hurting yourself. So yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Couple, you feel, feel bad for him to be honest. Couple final stats. Uh, the lightning become the third team in NHL history to win 10 straight playoff series. They are the first team to do so since the 1980 to 1984 New York Islanders dynasty. The only other franchise to win 10 straight series is Montreal. They've done it twice in the 1950s when nobody had any teams. And then in the 70s when nobody could compete with Montreal because they had all the good players. So this is um, like I don't think this is getting talked about nearly enough. I mean, this is an otherworldly dynasty stat here, considering, you know, everyone's talking about we're, we're witnessing greatness watching McDavid play. It's like, well, you're also witnessing greatness watching this team continue to win games. Dude, I'm not even joking. I think Vasilevsky might be like Mount Rushmore of goaltenders already. I think we're if he like gets another cup this year and wins three it, in a row, I'm yes. sorry. I'm so it's, worried. It's no questions asked. Best playoff goaltender of all time. I'm so worried they're just gonna win another one this year. They I might. Think they're gonna. I, I think the <laughs> only thing that could maybe stop them is Colorado. And it's funny that I'm saying that because I've been like shitting on Colorado all season long. <laughs> But, like, really, they're the only team that, to me, right now, looks like they could, like, battle with them. I just have this weird feeling that, like, if Colorado gets there, I see two scenarios. One, they get there, they know what to do, they win it, no problem, it's over in five games. I could also see them getting to a cup final with Tampa and Tampa doing what they literally just did to the Panthers to the mm, Avalanche. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. that. I think that's the cup final that the NHL is dreaming of. 
um, to be honest. That Tampa, would be a Colorado. Good, that would be a good one. Uh, and I, last note, I mean, the Lightning are doing this without Braden Point, and their leading goal scorers are Corey Perry and Ross Colton. So it's just scary how deep they are. I think we've kind of beaten this series up enough, so I'll ask you guys this final question. If you had to lay money on it, I think right now they're at plus like 270 or something like that. Do you think the Lightning will three-peat? Honestly, that's great value. Considering I was going to say, I might your, take that. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I, I, I really do think they can do it. I've bet against the Lightning probably the last 10 playoff series in a row ever since they started this streak. I can no longer bet against them. I just can't. Well I mean, said. Yeah. I mean, the, the one last thing I'll say about them is they just continue to year in and year out. All these guys that they either bring in or insert into the lineup somehow always contribute. And that's one of the keys that you need to have a dynasty like this. I mean, Ross Colton comes out of nowhere and starts putting up these ridiculous goals. They get Corey Perry, who uh, they beaten in the last two cup finals. And, you know, he's contributing for them as well. So Nick um, Paul. Nick Paul's another great one. Just, you know, a guy that stepped up and, you know, pulled a, a an Andre Burakovsky in game seven. So, yeah, um, they, they really like they lost their whole third line and they haven't really missed a beat. It's no, pretty not insane. At all. So, all right, we're going to move on to the Western Conference. We'll start off with St. Louis versus Colorado. Colorado is up in that series three to one. This one has all sorts of storylines all over it. Uh, game one. It's a hell of a hockey game, man. I don't know if you guys got to catch that, but that was back and forth all game long. One of the best games I've watched so far this postseason. Uh, Colorado has a 2-1 lead late in the third, and Jordan Cairo with one of the sickest goals you'll ever see. A sweet toe drag with 314 left in the third to tie the game, force it to overtime. And then Josh Manson of the Avalanche ices the game off a great screen from Landeskog in front of Bennington. Tip your cap to Bennington, man. He stopped 51 shots in that game. Kemper only had to stop 23, which is pretty nuts. It's insane when you think about it. I mean, that that team can just – they can score from anywhere. I'm sorry. Their defensemen are basically forwards. I mean, um, I know uh, Gerard Tartan will get to that, but you look at him, you look at Taves, you look at McCarr. I mean, those guys can all shoot the puck really, really well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're absolutely loaded. Uh, and then we go into game two. Blues answer right back with a 4-1 win of their own. Bennington played unreal, stopped 30 of 31 shots. And David Perron, I mean, we're going to talk about him for a lot of other reasons here in a second, but he has to be one of the clutchest players in the playoffs so far this year and maybe in the past, like, 10 years. He always shows up. He's always scoring big goals. He ices two goals in that game. And then Cairo, yet again, tucks one and keeps his mojo going, and the Blues take a 4-1 win. Uh, in Colorado, and then the series really took a turn when it came back to St. Louis. Um, this one just got out of hand real quick. So game three, the Avalanche win the game five to two. Before we get to the big storylines, I have a couple of thoughts. That Logan O'Connor goal for the Avs where he caught the puck at the blue line that they called a goal, I can't, like, for the life of me, understand how – that wasn't like reversed or we got a different angle to make it more conclusive. I did not think that was on sides at all. Yeah. Um, I saw the, the online debate about that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you based on the clips I saw online. I did not see it live, but based on all the slowed down zoomed in stuff, which I know can be misleading. Um, yeah. It's hard to, it's really hard to overturn like those in the air plays like that. So all I can think is that maybe they just couldn't like right. conf confidently flip it, but yeah, not I, enough I, evidence. I hear you. Yeah. That's one. It's like until they put something in the player's glove, the player's skate, the puck, the blue line, and it's like laser controlled, you're just, it's, it's up to the ref. And um, I think that's something that not to get off topic, but I will. Uh, people in general you know we have more casual fans paying attention to the playoffs now that it's on a different network and um i think one of the things people get confused about is it's just such a different sport from basketball or football or soccer where you know it's everything is happening so dynamically and so fast players are constantly moving it's not like soccer where you're standing around or basketball where there's a whistle every 10 seconds or football where there's a stop and reset of a play you know every you know eight seconds uh the referees have to go based on what they see and they have to you know tr attempt to manage the game so 
Uh, it's just, I think it's just one of those things, but Harry, I would definitely agree with you. Yeah. And then Sam Gerard, we just talked about him. One of the aces on the back end for the abs. He got absolutely wrecked by Ivan Barbashev of the blues. That was a scary hit. He had to go to the hospital. I think they said he had some type of rib cage injury or something he like that. Broke his sternum. Jesus Christ. It's oh one of the God. hardest hits I've ever seen. If you guys get the chance, go listen to the, the noise it makes when Barbashev just staple guns this dude to the boards. It's brutal. Yeah, that was a, a pretty brutal hit. And then this is obviously the biggest storyline out of this game. Um, Nazem Kadri makes news headlines in the playoffs yet again. Uh, he, I don't want to say he ran into, but there was a collision between him and Jordan Bennington early in the game in the first period. And he knocked Jordan Bennington, you know, right out of the series. I'm not saying it was on purpose or an accident. Uh, the collision was pretty heavy and pretty fast. And Bennington, who looked like he was returning to his 2019 Stanley Cup form, he was playing really well, gets knocked out of the series. Uh, the Avs go on to win the game. Huso tried to come in and fill in, but just didn't really work so well. He hasn't really looked so great in his playoff uh, run so far for the Blues. And then after the game, Kadri's being interviewed by the TNT panel, and you hear this like plastic water bottle kind of hit the ground. And you see Kadri look over mid-interview, and the the analysts on TNT, I think it was McHugh and Biz, were asking Kadri, you know, what did you see on that play when you collided with Bennington? And he was explaining his case. And Bennington threw a water bottle at Kadri mid-interview. And Kadri says, oh, I think that was Bennington who just threw that bottle at me. And then, you know, obviously chaos ensues on the internet following that. I know you got to feel bad for Kadri and all the shit that he's had to put up with the past couple of days. He's got death threats. He's got, you know, people threatening his family, like calling him all these racial slurs, bad names, anything, you name it. His wife has a Instagram where she tweeted out all the hate that her husband was getting, you know, from blues fans overnight. And it's just kind of scary when you really think about it. Um, he actually had to be escorted into game four through the entrance tunnel with St. Louis security just because they were nervous, you know, someone might try to throw something or do something. But uh, what are your thoughts on game three? I mean, let's keep it the first part hockey related and then we can focus on the cadre side. It's, I mean, it was a just classic playoff hockey game. Like I feel like it's like a classic game three where it's like, okay, each team has won a game let's light a match and watch this thing fucking like go off because that's exactly what both of these teams did. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I fell asleep pretty early on in this one. Um, I was just exhausted and I like rolled over or woke up at like two or three in the morning and like go to check my phone to see who won. And I see like an athletic headline that said Nazem Kadri like runs into uh, Jordan Bennington. And I fully expected to read like, and is suspended for like two to four games. But um, fortunately that wasn't the case. I don't think he had any sort of malicious intent with going into Bennington. I think if you watch it, you watch back, he sort of gets knocked off balance by the defenseman that he was going towards the net with. Um, it's just sort of one of those plays that happens in this sport that is a collision centric sport. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a game that was. And, um, I think this is going to be a great one to the end. We've had a few of these goalie collisions this postseason already. And it's like, it's kind of weird that that keeps happening, but, um, I agree. I don't think there was any intention there. Uh, great game. Uh, it was what a one goal game after two periods. And then the Avs just kind of found a way to pull away late in the third there. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping that the blues can at least like crawl back into that series a little bit and make it more interesting. Um, obviously with the cadre stuff, it's brutal. I mean, you never want to see any of that stuff. It's hard to believe that there's these fucking people out here that are so fucking pathetic that they're really gonna, I mean, the, the racism is like a whole nother thing. And that's just like, unfortunately we know that that shit is still going on in our society today. But what really blows my mind is that people think that DMing like DMing a <laughs> professional athlete after a game is like going to do something good. Like, and you got people losing their fucking jobs and getting kicked off of like their sport teams at schools just because they wanted to like fucking chirp, 
chirp some or they were mad or something yeah just because they're mad that their fucking team lost and they're gonna chirp some fucking pro athlete on instagram and mind you they dm'd the fucking cadre's cat that's the (laughs) that's the instagram account it's the it's the account that they made for their cat that that i did not know that i thought it was cadre's personal no because cadre's personal and the wife's are are like they already have their like messages like shut off or whatever and this was the only one that didn't and so they're dming a fucking cat on instagram (laughs) that is a wild detail i mean not that it like no, I think it does. That's yeah. like worse. Like arguably, it's I mean, so you should never say any stupid. of that. But it's you so come, fucking stupid. You, you go to find the guy's pet Insta account to chirp him. I'm like, that's go to start Twitter beef with an animal. <laughs> it's yeah, pathetic like, is what it is. It's it's, it's disgusting awful. and it's okay. pathetic. And there's nothing more to say about it. I mean, if you want to see what the people were saying, you can go check Twitter. It's not our place here to say, but um, man, you talk about like Mac. You just said like thinking that it's actually going to do something good. Boy, did that backfire because in true storyline fashion, game four, the Avalanche come out and whip the St. Louis Blues 6-3. And guess who nets a hat trick is Nazem fucking Kadri. Entered the arena with St. Louis police with him, and he leaves the game with a hat trick. Absolutely insane. Um, I do think it's worth noting Perron also had another two goals. He's just on fire right now. Um, This play i don't know if you guys saw it kadri's second goal he gets a loose puck in the right face off circle and buries it and as perron is going by kadri literally like full-blown like sticks his elbow out and could have like really hurt kadri in the jaw or the neck or the head area and luckily kadri dodges it and that play went absolutely viral on the internet for all the wrong reasons I did see that. And it's funny because David Perron, I've had very mixed feelings about this guy throughout his career. He has often been on my fantasy teams, excuse me. And uh, he does work. I mean, he's a goal scorer. He's simply a good offensive player. Um, And I, I hated him for a real long time. And then he was on my fantasy team for like a few years in a row was super good. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. And then like all this shit starts happening and especially with that little elbow that he threw that did not connect, but like you said, could have seriously done some damage. And it's plays like that where I'm like, I remember why I fucking hate this guy. He's kind of, he's kind <laughs> he of plays a, cheap a little bit. He's kind yeah. of a cheap shotter, man. He's like, he's, he's a little like bitch boy. There's no other way to put it. He's just a little like cry baby at the end of the day. He's like, doesn't get his way. And he feels like he needs to like go take somebody's fucking head off because of it. And it's like, that's just, that's not how the game is anymore. That's like how the game was when fucking Chris Simon was in the league. Like <laughs> Ooh, greasy. But yeah, he's got a little, fl- he's got a switch to him. Yeah, that's for sure. Just because yeah. you can score goals doesn't mean that you should be able to go out there and fucking run around like that. And uh, there's a lot of people talking on Twitter, like saying that Perron should get suspended for he got what he, fined for what he, he tried to do. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. You know, it, he didn't connect. So there's not a lot that you can do, but. Uh, somebody actually was was comparing it to like attempted murder and it was, <laughs> they had a lot of really interesting points of like if you shoot if you try to shoot someone and you don't hit them you can still go to jail yeah but like yeah yeah that, it was a, it was interesting the uh the best tweet about that that i saw was someone tweeted and they just said like this guy also didn't get suspended i don't see what the problem is and it was just the scene from slap shot where like you know when they go out for warm-ups and they're like cr- crisscrossing like at center ice and just without warning like one of the Hanson brothers just punches the guy in the face <laughs> this like, guy didn't get suspended either. that's great um well you know max says that Kadri didn't connect in that instance but at the end of the game he definitely did connect and i don't know if you guys saw but Kadri was skating back to his bench perron skating back to his Kadri gives him a tiny shove wires cross and perron goes full wwe smackdown the boys get after it right near the bench more like a uh, linebacker move. Like he freaking tackled yeah. him. Like, yeah. Yeah, dude. Like people, and I'm not trying. To... I'm like, fucking control yourself, Peron. You're making yourself look like a fucking, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, honestly. Like you're losing the game. You're out there fucking tackling guys like that. Like I was honestly embarrassed for David Peron with that shit. It's just weird. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like if you're going to do that, man. like do it like at the beginning or to try and change the momentum. If like, you've got beef. Yeah, exactly. Like fucking 
put it out there on the table. Don't be a little bitch and be like, well, you, you scored a bunch of goals and we're losing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm gonna I think there's a time and place for that. I don't think that was the right time and place. I think you got to focus on the hockey portion here and try to get all these headlines and drama yeah. out of the way. Yeah. I will say, I mean, obviously horrible situation for Kadri. He is an expert at getting under people's skin. I mean, he's like got Marshan like tenacity when it comes to that. He can light anyone's fuse. And I pray that he learns from his past mistakes in the playoffs in terms of suspensions. If he can keep doing what he's doing right now, I don't know, other than maybe obviously Tampa, nobody's going to beat the Avalanche. Not with him as a second line center playing like this while you still got McKinnon as your ace in the hole and drawing penalties left and right because this guy is getting under everybody's flesh it's it's honestly impressive i hope he can keep his cool the rest of the playoffs and you know he's going to get paid obviously this offseason we'll see oh yeah it makes you think like what could have been if this guy been around in the second round you know the last two seasons for the avs yeah yeah for sure any final thoughts on this one before we move on to calgary edmonton well let's get our final predictions here what's uh what are you taking um I hate to be recency biased, but I've, if Bennington was in, I'd say abs in six, but Huso ain't it this year. I got abs taking it in five. He had a great regular season, but he's just, it doesn't, it seems like there's something he's just missing something right now for the, for the pressure that there is on him. And like, I mean, I guess you can't really blame him. There's a shitload of pressure on him from that fan base, but yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I, Mac, you and I had Blues in seven, I think. I think so. I, yeah, I'm kind of with Harry here. I, I have a hard time believing that the Blues are going to be able to win another game in this series. I agree. And then we're going to move on to the last series, the Battle of Berta, as our good friend Rick Rowley would call it. Calgary versus Edmonton. Edmonton leads the series two to one. Game four is happening as we're – it'll happen right after this recording, so we don't, won't have uh, info on game four yet. But Edmonton up 2-1. The over is hitting every game this far. I think that's worth mentioning. I mean, we've done it all year long. I think we've done it every show since this podcast started. But Connor freaking McDavid is just on a different universe, planet, alien morphed into human. I don't really know what to call him anymore. He has multi-point games. In nine of his 10 playoff games so far, the over one and a half McDavid prop has hit nine out of 10 games this playoffs. It's at minus 160 on a daily basis, which is absolutely fucked. Like, if you really think about it, uh, he's got 23 points in 10 playoff games that easily leads the league. Uh, this is a fun stat that comes from a great Twitter account called Jay Fresh, who's great at giving hockey stats. McDavid has played 10 playoff games. If you took these 10 playoff games that he's played and put him in the years 2003, 2007, 2011, 2012, 2015, and 2019, he would have led the entire playoffs after four rounds in scoring with only 10 games under his belt so far. That is ridiculous. So in other words, what you're saying is in all of those years, nobody had more than 23 points in their entire postseason. And he's already got 23 in 10 games so far this postseason. That was a good English way to put it. Yes. That's nuts. Yes. It's it's fucked. I don't know what I just read. It might have been blah, blah, blah. But Mac put it in. (laughs) Mac put it in English. So thank you. If Um, you're the flames, like you've got to try something different here. Because clearly by now you've, you've tried to defend Connor McDavid and it's clearly not working. And we talk about the play, the goal that I think, I think he assisted on this one, if I'm not mistaken, either way, it ended up in the back of the flames net, but like right before it, Zadorov like, like makes clean contact with him. Like he gets all of them and McDavid just fucking bounces off of him and proceeds to continue doing what he does best and dance around like one more guy before he dishes it to somebody else for the goal. What the fuck do you do? Like, what else do you do? Zadorov got all of them. He did everything right. He should have clobbered him. And instead, two he's seconds a, later, the puck's in the net. He's a freak, dude. I, I really don't even know what to say at this point. The problem is, is we get very prisoner of the moment, and I'm super guilty of this. I've blown this guy more than anyone else in this podcast the last three years. Last year... I think it was Winnipeg last year, right? Where they got swept and I lost all the money. Is that the year that that happened? He was, yeah. he, he kind of like, I don't want to say he disappeared, but 
he had like four or five points in the whole series, which is still above a point per game, but he wasn't like the main is, contributor for that team last year. This is a different he stratosphere. He wasn't like, yeah, he was good, but he wasn't like this is this is stupid. Like, I don't know what we're witnessing. I think he has 23 points. I think Drysdale has 20. And the next closest person has like 15. Like, it's not even close. Well, you know what's funny is like all year long, I said about the Oilers, I was like, yeah, this is cool and all, but like he he can't do it alone in the playoffs and they can't win. It's not sustainable for them to win games like five to four and like freaking nine to six or whatever the fuck in the postseason. And then here they are in the second round winning five to three. They played in a nine to six game, didn't win that one, but you get my point. He basically is doing it all by himself. So I, I don't know. I, I seriously think with the way that he's playing, there's a way that he could like single-handedly win this team a cup. There's a way. It, it, it's crazy to say out loud, but it's true. And I think one of the, the biggest impressive stat that I saw this on Twitter, I thought it was fucking hilarious. He's going to single-handedly bring Evander Kane out of debt at this rate. I mean, he's going to he's going to sign a ticket. Evander Kane is leading the playoffs in goals with 10. Well, you know what's funny? I was looking at the I watched like I didn't get to see this game live, but I watched the highlight of all three of his goals um for that second hat trick, by the way. He's got two fucking hat tricks this postseason. Um and I literally thought like he looked like me out there in regards to like like when I played for the Baltimore Stars, I would just drive to the fucking far post and just stand there and let Ian Powderly do all of his fucking little dangles until he would just dish it to me at the exact right moment. And I'm just there, just bang, tap it in. You know, that's yep. all I'm doing. I get all the glory. I get the fucking hat trick. People are celebrating me, right? I did nothing. All three of those goals for the most part. I think there was one that was kind of like a nice backhand move or whatever, but like you get my point. He's kind of just like along for the ride out there. Like just fucking, Oh God, Oh God, I'm going to keep my stick on the ice super hard and hopefully it hits it. It's funny to watch. It really, I mean, it it is nuts. Like I think anybody could maybe score on that line. It's kind of wild. Did you guys see, the Flames fans who threw the Canadian dollar, like someone threw a Canadian dollar, like at warmups, threw the glass at Evander, like mocking his bankruptcy. And then he comes out and now he's leading the playoffs and goals. It's just like, yeah. what is going on, man? Don't there's a lot of funny storylines going on this postseason, that's for sure. I don't like I I you know, that's funny. Don't get me wrong. As a fan, why would you do something that gives the other team bulletin board material? Yeah. Literally like, taunt think, them when the game was over and they've lost. Don't fire them up before or during where they're going to go. All right. You know what? Now this is personal. That's exactly the phrase that Kadri used too. When he was talking about like motivation, like Barube said that, you know, he thought, look at Kadri's reputation. Like he probably tried to run the goalie and Kadri said, I guess he's never heard of bulletin board material. And he stuck a hattie right on him. And then yeah. it came to the same thing. I liked what he said too, in that press conference <laughs> where he was like, um, Oh God, what did he say? I just, I just had it in my mind now. I forgot. Oh, he, um, yeah, he was like, for any of you out there that like preach hate or like spew hate, like those, those three goals were for you. Simple as that. Boom. Yeah. I, I love the message. So let's wrap up the last three games. Game one, uh, maybe the wildest postseason game I've ever witnessed in my entire lifetime, a nine to six flames win after almost blowing a six to two lead halfway through the game. Yeah, it was five to one and six to two and six to six all in the same game. Uh, McDavid had three to nothing inside of three minutes. So, yeah, McDavid had four points. Uh, Johnny Hockey, three points. You know, the stars came to play. I don't know, like, what's up with Markstrom. He just can't seem to keep the Oilers off the board. Here's a real fun stat for you guys. Battle of Alberta, always a close game. But Markstrom has allowed at least four goals in every single game this year against the Oilers that he's played in, dating into, dating back Not to good. regular season too. I don't like that. I don't want to hear that. Which is just weird when you really think about it. All of us chose the Flames. I shouldn't have. I've been the Oilers guy all year long, and then now I choose the Flames because I thought Leon's ankle was hurt, and he's still playing really well. But game one oh, is – You see that clip of like uh, there's a play where – all in a span of like 15 seconds, three different Flames players try to like deliberately go for Drysidle's ankles. 
No, I didn't see. I'll that. send you guys the clip. No. It's crazy. There's like they're like in, I'm not sure. Maybe it's a power play or something. But the Oilers have like sustained ozone pressure, and Drysaddle's just kind of floating around by the net, and like three separate Flames players who are like nearby and like try to like they like look around and like quick like take like a hack with their stick like right at his ankles. Kind of fucking greasy. Hit him where it hurts. Um, Daryl Sutter, that sounds like something he would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, game two, the Oilers come back with a 5-3 win. In my opinion, I mean, obviously McDavid, what else, like, duh, he dominates the game, whatever. Uh, that was a huge win for them. It was. And you got to tip your cap to Duncan Keith, who, you know, let go by the Blackhawks. He's older now. He's not the player he once was, but still can give a good kick at the can, especially in the postseason. He ends up having three points in that game, a goal and two assists, had some big momentum plays, especially in that uh, give and go with McDavid that ended up not in the game. So big he's shout freaking, out to him. He's freaking 38 and he's still out there grinding and, and playing good hockey. He's totally relevant in this series. Yeah. And then game three, the Oilers keep the good vibes going. They end up winning the game four to one. Evander Kane with a hattie in less than 10 minutes. Uh, already said it once. Say it again. He's leading the NHL in goals with 10 right now. Uh, the Flames, I don't know what they're going to do. L.A. couldn't figure it out. It doesn't seem like Calgary can figure it out. You got to slow McDavid down. He's single-handedly taking over the series, and he's playing 27 minutes a night. Tonight is everything. The Flames have got to find a way to win this game. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter if it's fucking 9-8 to eight or 1-0 to nothing or whatever. Win this fucking game and then figure it out. Absolutely. What are your predictions for game four? These will age really well, I promise. Oh, dear God. I I got to I got to have some belief. I I love this go Flames, Flames go baby. I love this Flames team. I want them to win the cup so so fucking badly. And I don't know if they will. I don't know how much true confidence I have, but I'm going with my heart. I say they find a way to win this one. I had this on the other day when I was in the kitchen. My mom says, wow, that's a really cool jersey. So if Lauren likes it, I'm all in. Go Flames, Bang. go. Perfect. I want the Oilers to win the series, but Max said it last week in our season previews. The Battle of Berta has to go seven somehow. I, you know, it's hard for me to think a rivalry matchup like this is going to go, you know, five games, six maybe. But I don't know, man. I guess I'd say game four. I think the Oilers are going to win. They'll go up 3-1. Flames will win game five and then game six Edmonton seals the deal at home. McDavid smells blood, man. He's a, he's a killer. He really is. Has he been to the third round yet? Mm -mm. No, no. I think his rookie, no, his sophomore year, they played the ducks in the playoffs. I think that was the second round. I think so. That sounds right. It could have been the third. It wasn't the third. No. I know that. It was the second. It was either the first or the second. But mm. uh, the thought of McKinnon versus McDavid in the third round is. It would be pretty fun. And then on the other side, if you get New York, you got Igor versus Vassy. Like oh that's just that th- those two like conference finals. That's all the star mat. That's all the star power you need for that matchup. That'd be wow. great. It'd be an NHL or like marketing execs wet dream. I'm yeah. gonna say I'm gonna say Oilers and seven. If I'm changing my pick right now, I don't think and that's not what I want, but that's just what I feel like is most realistic at this moment. Uh, one other thing that I'm gonna add: Why are the Oilers wearing those fucking like dark blue? Jerseys? Thank you. They're Thank you. so stupid. They're so stupid, and their normal ones are good. Like they're they're the regular like orange ones or even the blue ones are like good, and I don't know what they're doing. They like went back to their. 80s style uniform they look like, like four Team years North ago america or yeah something. exactly and like granted those were kind of steezy jerseys but for like a world cup tournament not right the stanley cup playoffs they look a little stupid out there well it's like when your whole arena is wearing orange and you're wearing navy right. blue it just right. looks yeah. kind of dumb it's not their color that's like never been their thing and they were like yeah no we're like dark navy blue now that's just no stop it <laughs> i'm gonna be that guy i kind of like them I mean, they're not. You're gonna say that they're not <laughs> terrible in terms of design. Now, I will say the ones like the navy ones from like '06, the year they went to the cup. I'm sorry, I think those are absolutely filthy. But they also had like white on them, so it wasn't right. just like navy and orange. You so can barely even weird. fucking read what the fucking Oilers thing says. Yeah. 
it threes looks like at New a, York, by the way. It looks like a wow. like, create a player, like or like a create a team jersey in NHL or something like that. Or like it's a cool jersey for like a fan to wear yeah. in the stands, or like for the Oilers to wear like like seven different games during the regular season. As an alternate, not sure. as your home. Don't work every fucking game in the playoffs. It looks weird. I don't as like long it. as they're winning, they ain't gonna change it. I can tell you that. Fair. Very you know, true. Do you know who scored that third goal for New York? I think it was Mika. Oh, I thought it was Mika. Oh, I could be wrong. My cable box just froze. Shout out Comcast. Love you. <laughs> the second worst run company in the United States. You want to know who first is? Who? FedEx. I think Lindgren shot it. Rantha saved it mostly, and it was laying there. And I'm not oh, sure okay. if it, it either went in without Mika doing it or no, it was Mika. It was yeah, him. You're right. Mika picked up the loose change in the crease. Got to um, put the biscuit in the basket, Joby. <laughs> that'll wrap up the ongoing series news. couple last things. Uh, Brian Rust gets a six-year extension with the Pens for $5.2 million AAV. As a Pens fan, I absolutely love that deal. Uh, and then John Tortorella, he is confirmed interviewing with the Flyers. Not sure he'll get the job, but he is in the process. I've also heard that Barry Trotz is a, in God the – I, I don't know that he's confirmed interviewing, but I've heard his name tossed out there for the Flyers as well. Why can't yeah. they get a shitty coach? That'd be nice. I've also heard Barry Trotz tossed out there for VGK, which is very interesting too. Who wants to do this third line test? Uh, read? I would love to lead that because that's my little spiel here. But before I lead that little discussion, I just want to remind you all that this season, all of our picks are powered by Sharp Rank. Sharp Rank created the first ever cross sports rating system, ranking betters from any sport on one leaderboard that anyone can dominate, even you. Sharp Rank is backed by some of the biggest names in the sports gambling world, such as BetMGM, Betway, and Sports Illustrated. Go download the app for iPhone or Android today. And without further ado, we got one more little uh, fun discussion to get through here. I thought of this earlier. If you've been a longtime listener for a while, you've heard us talk about the third line test, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, if you're new here, I'll go ahead and explain it. Basically, every time a team wins the Stanley cup. You look at their roster and you're like, damn, that was a, that was a good team. They really deserve to win the cup, but there's something about the third line on every Stanley cup winning team that really is crucial in building a cup run like that. And you can go back and look at the third line of almost every single cup winning team over the last few years. And it's just a, a workhorse of a, of a line, but at the same time, they have some offensive production. It sort of with, says why they won the cup. Exactly. They've got the depth in defense. Like that third line is crucial in being able to defend and also put points on the board. So with all that in mind, I wanted to go through all of the remaining third lines and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on who has the best remaining third line in the postseason. So we'll start with the Rangers. Third line, and this is all, you know, I'm sure this is like, this gets switched up a little bit from game to game, but this is just what it said on daily face off today. Some of it might not be totally accurate, but let's just for the sake of argument, go with what we have here. All right. So Rangers, we got Lafreniere, Heedle, and Mott as the third line. Carolina, we got Nino Niederreiter, Stahl, and Jesper Fast as the third line. Tampa Bay, we got Hagel, Colton, and Perry as the third line. That's a that's a pretty it's a pretty darn good one right there, if I do say so myself. Colorado, we've typically got Burkowski, Comfort, and Abe Kubel, although I understand that he was scratched. Um, I think Bur so. Burkowski was scratched. Um, so that one is another one where it's like maybe not totally accurate. But anyway, let's just go with that for for the sake of argument. St. Louis, we got Saad, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo. Calgary, we got Dylan Dubé, Cal Yarncroke, Tyler Toffoli, and finally Edmonton, Warren Fogle, McLeod, and Yamamoto. What are you guys thinking here? Edmonton's got the worst, which is crazy to say because <laughs> they're winning the series. And I think, like, if you had showed me this before the season, I'd say St. Louis probably has the best and they're losing the series. So I don't know. You know, part of me wanted to, you know, when I was looking this up and down on paper, St. Louis is the best, no doubt, uh, just between not discounting anything Brandon Sod's accomplished, but the way that Thomas and Kyrie are playing now, you just can't argue with that. 
I'm going to go ahead and go with Tampa though, because those guys are all essential pieces of why that team is already into the conference finals at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. I would say in terms of like production so far, this postseason, it has to be Tampa Bay. They've just, those guys have been crazy. Brandon Hagel has been like fine, but Colton and Perry have been unreal. Um, I like the Carolina one a lot on paper, Nino stall and Jesper fast. That's a damn good third line. Um, I also really freaking like the Calgary one, right? Dylan Dubé, yarn croak and Toffoli. That is yarn croak was a great pickup for them. He was, we've talked about that before and I like Dylan Dubé. I've always liked Toffoli. I would like to see a little more from Toffoli. Actually that whole third line, I feel like is almost a reason They've been a little quiet. Well, and this is this is exactly why we do the third line test because it's like that line is maybe partially why Calgary is trailing right now because we're not getting enough out of that line versus like we said about Tampa Bay. That's the reason why they're already in the conference final because we're getting a ton from that line. So the third line check, for those of you who are new, you're just trying to see are you getting depth scoring basically and are you getting good minutes out of some of your depth guys basically. And I love Carolina's roster, but if you made me choose between New York and Carolina's third line that you just read, I think I'd probably take New York's. Lafreniere has been a beast so far, in my opinion. He's big. He's fast. He's got a great shot. He's got the hands. He's probably the best player out of the six that you listed uh, for those two squads. So those are my final thoughts. Anything else, fellas, before we wrap up? Uh, Yeah, I have something. Um, Harry, did you make a series bet on the – penguins ranger series with perry west no (laughs) no i I did i have a a photograph of a handshake with a caption that says 250 dollars bet on rangers oh my god not real photoshop (laughs) okay i I don't know what that is it's a really good photoshop job it really is yeah you know um (laughs) we should we should think about hiring whoever took that because that's (laughs) phenomenal content wow that's (laughs) I also had my fingers crossed behind my back. I don't know if that's. Oh, okay. There, well, but... yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah. So they didn't Photoshop that part in. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Assholes. <laughs> like, you know, they're yeah. just out. To, they're out to get me, obviously. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, okay. Wow. Uh, can we get out of here? Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> uh, without further ado, class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>